Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Hello, Peter. Thank you for being here with us at Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. Um, for people like me who know what you're doing, maybe this sounds like a, a redundant question, but can you describe for the people in the audience, uh, um, can you start by telling us what the focus of your research is, please? Sure, of course. Um, we're fundamentally interested in how cells make decisions. Um, we, we think about this in the context of blood development. Uh, and that, uh, that means that we can use different model systems to really understand and take advantage of the properties of different developmental systems. So one example is pluripotent stem cells, where making blood cells from pluripotent stem cells requires us understanding mesoderm commitment and then later on uh, hemogenic endothelium and blood cell formation. Whereas we can also use core blood cells, which allow us to start from a a, a well-defined blood stem cell source and ask, how can we grow these cells or how can we get these cells to differentiate into specific cell types? Thank you. And so in layman terms and for people who are not scientists, for example, what would you say are the main application of your work? Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, it, it, this is a poorly understood fundamental process. So I think we have to recognize that that there's good value in understanding just how human blood develops uh, and using uh, stem cell systems to do that um, is, is, has a lot of value. Um, we also are very excited about the applications to uh, blood stem cell transplantation, for example, for diseases such as leukemia. And, um, and then, of course, blood cells themselves represent a very exciting, broad therapeutic for a number of applications. Uh, normal blood cells can be used as delivery vehicles for drugs or molecules, and then engineered uh, cells, uh, such as, uh, for example, chimeric antigen receptor T cells, can um, be used to target specific types of cancer by putting novel um, proteins on their surfaces and guiding those cells to specific areas. And how did you arrive to, to this? Can you give us a sense of uh, your research path, but also your career path? Like, Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm a chemical engineer by training, actually. Um, and my, uh, um, uh, you know, when I started in chemical engineering, uh, especially in Canada, the uh, the options were oil and gas or pulp and paper. And, uh, and so I was very excited to take a few classes uh, on, uh, on biotechnology. And that really led me uh, in this path towards understanding both the wonders of biological systems, but how um, engineering technologies can help to unravel fundamental processes and then use this understanding to develop new technologies. So it was really this interface between um, uh, STEM and developmental biology and, and bioengineering that um, I've sort of walked that path throughout my career. And um, it's, it's allowed us, I think, to develop um, a bit of a niche, so to speak. Um, where uh, where we're able to move back and forth between questions, mm -hmm. where we look at um, fundamental rules of biological systems, but also how we apply those rules to translational technologies. Thank you. And so you mentioned uh, immune oncology, and um, in that field in particular, what are the biggest challenge uh, that researchers are facing? Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think 
what's really excited about um, um, you know immunoengineering, immunoecology right now is there's enough proof of principle out there to uh, make us confident that if we can really design uh, a therapeutic product with the properties uh, that we need, um, it'll be really efficacious. But there's a number of challenges to that. Uh, those challenges include fundamental cell properties such as senescence or or uh, proliferation and responsiveness to certain um, neoantigens or antigens expressed on cancer cells. There is balances between uh, the cost of the manufacturing system and the efficacy of the product that we have to think about. And then there's um, really exciting uh, potential in the synthetic biology area where designing new cells with certain properties to either in, enhance their maturation or their function and potency uh, is also something that I think we and others are thinking about. So um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunities there when one envisions a you know universal uh, homogeneous uh, efficacious product and how to generate this in a way that is really accessible to the many people who might need it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And and beside the sort of technical expertise required, what what do you think? What do you think are the key enable enabler in terms of uh, the experience and the cultural environment of the people? Because I'm, for example, very interested in the sort of academic, clinical, commercial uh, triangulation, and it carries a lot of. Um, different languages and, and different, I always refer to it as a bit of cross arrogance. So I think people from one field would really, really see the limitation of people from others, but it's very difficult to align purposes. So I just wanted to ask you, because you're experienced in, in, in both and you're very successful, extremely successful in both, what sort of uh, enabled the, the dialogue between these two completely different kingdoms? Yeah, yeah no, it's a good question. I mean, for me, um, it's always been about um, clarity of where I know that um, my strengths are and, 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 and clarity also where it's important to work with other people who are expert in certain areas. One can't, you know, when you talk about uh, translating technologies, um, uh, first of all, you know, the foundation is you need excellent science because uh, it doesn't matter um, uh, how good your translation machinery is if you don't have a good fundamental scientific backing to it. But then um, that isn't enough. You need you need um, to work with uh, clinicians that can understand um, and and uh, appreciate the the opportunity that um, a staged approach could take as, as more information comes forward. Uh, we need to understand the, the context for the technology in terms of what the real um, need is in the market and what um, the opportunity is to, to help patients. Um, and, and, you know, my motivation has always been um, kind of seated in a responsibility. Um, you know, we have been the beneficiaries of, of, of wonderful funding from you know the Canadian government and others, and and from this comes um, a question, which is uh, you know what is the impact, what is the output that you're making from this from this funding, and uh, and there's different buckets of that output. You know, one bucket is is new information, another bucket is uh, impact on uh, um, you know healthcare or the economy or patients, um, and I think I think as we try to think about how to balance those impacts and those responsibilities as scientists, 
um, uh, that really clarifies maybe the route forward uh, to a certain extent. This is great. And uh, I mean, if I may, when you say excellent science, I think maybe some of the people in the audience would would always kind of equate this to a high impact publication. So I would be, for example, curious to know how how there is a linear correlation or not between uh, the, the publication at at the at the source of one uh, biotech and the sort of Series A funding, I I would really strongly suspect there isn't any linear correlation there. So the worlds are very separate, but but it's very it's true that there needs to be excellent science in, in whatever form at, at, the, at the root. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's 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 many uh, different types of excellence that are required. One, you know, some are are and it's interesting when you see our field. You know, sometimes if you can't point to the new protein, new gene or new cell, you think there's not, um, you know, there's not a, a leap forward in understanding. Um, but we know that now and, and you're seeing that a lot in the literature, too, that understanding how how things work in a dynamic way ends up being very important. You know, levels of proteins, levels of, of genes, dynamics of, of development uh, is another area where where people are starting to appreciate things. And then there's the 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 um, reducing to practice part of that, which which is often um, not considered necessarily um, as um, as exciting, but is equally difficult and very uh, much important to to getting a a, a cell or, or or therapeutic product out because um, being able to do things robustly and reproducibly and in a way that is clinically applicable and scalable um, is a, is another challenge that I think um, is uh, as important and as difficult as the fundamental science but um, but really ha requires a different approach and a different strategy. Thank you so much. So we are kind of uh, almost at the end. So a couple of very light questions. What do you enjoy most about your work and how does a typical day look like? And what do you do outside the lab? What do you enjoy outside the lab? Sure. Um, I mean, uh, you know, with work, um, I would say that the, the most enjoyable thing is always working with um, my colleagues, uh, people in my lab and, 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 uh, um, and others thinking about problems in science and, and trying to, trying to kind of this puzzle approach to discovery. How is this work? How, how can we understand it better? How can we use it to do something useful? Um, that, that process, you know, as, as one gets busy in science, there seems to be less and less time to really think about science. And, and that I think is a shame, but that's really what, what brought me to it and what continues to be exciting. Um, you know, outside the lab, I just like to get out, out of doors. You know, we were talking, I went swimming in the ocean regularly here in Vancouver near my house, which is fantastic. Um, you know, and those types of activities are, are really enjoyable. And the one last question, if I may. So what do you hope to achieve in the next 10 years? You know, there's a number of different goals that I have. Um, certainly one thing that I'm very excited about is, is what we're building at UBC in our School of Biomedical Engineering. Um, we've, we've, uh, we're working towards um, really bringing technology and biology together in a way that, um, uh, that has impact on you know, human health and the human experience. Um, and I think the types of people we're starting to attract to this program are really exciting. So you know, I'm hoping over the next 10 years, this will really come to fruition as, as the place to look for, um, for exciting new 
um, uh, technologies um, for health impact. Um, I think personally, um, we have lots of questions in the lab that we're working on, and um, um, you know, these are in different areas, but but certainly, um, really understanding how um, how collective behavior leads to tissue and blood formation is a is an important uh, question in the lab. And then, and then how we can engineer the environment and the cell itself to talk to each other uh, to guide development um, is also, of course, an important area. So, um, yeah, lots, lots of, you know, those are a few. I'm excited for the next 10 years. Thank you very much, Peter. It's uh, been great to have you. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for your questions.